When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today we're talking to Heather McLean, who just made it to Tokyo in the 1500 meters. This is actually the first time I've ever talked to Heather, and I have heard so many good stories about her background with running and how she got her start and how hard of a worker she was. And honestly, after recording this episode, I would say that she's one of the hardest working runners I've ever met in my life. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Learn something that you didn't know about Heather, and I know we will all be rooting for her in the Olympics, so stay tuned. You guys know I say it in every episode, but it would mean the world to me if you rated and reviewed on Apple Podcasts. It's a super quick and free way to support the podcast, and it helps me out so much. And it helps you guys out too, because it helps establish credibility for the podcast. That means higher profile guests will be able to see that you guys love the podcast, and they'll want to come on and answer your listener questions. So I always appreciate any reviews I get. I read them at the end of the week, and it means so much to me. It really helps keep me going, especially because... I'm a team of one over here, so I love just getting those little encouraging comments from you guys that you love the podcast. It means so much to me. So again, thanks for listening. Just love all of your support always. And yeah, you fellas are literally the best. Today's episode is brought to you by Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running, like racing, like enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. I absolutely love Inside Tracker. I've been using it for the past couple months now, and like I said in the last episode, my cortisol is finally down, but my vitamin D is still low. So I now I'm taking supplements and making sure I get outside more every single day, especially during the summertime. I love Inside Tracker. I honestly would have no idea what to do and also what my blood work would look like without Inside Tracker. So 
Highly recommend this service. It's seriously amazing for any runner or honestly any just person who wants to feel better each day. Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So if you guys are interested for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Emma. That's insidetracker.com slash Emma. Highly recommend you go give it a try. Now let's get straight into the episode. excited to have you on uh, first of all congratulations on qualifying to the olympics how are we feeling thank you feeling great just really excited and happy and yeah just pumped about it <laughs> <laughs> so to start off the episode do you want to just give us like a little bit of a rundown of who you are and what you're about yeah sure um i'm heather mclean i'm a 1500 meter 800 meter runner for new balance i run for team new balance boston so i live out in Boston, uh, I went to UMass Amherst undergrad and for my master's and yeah, now I'm just doing this thing full time. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, did you expect yourself to become a professional runner? Oh no, not at all. There's like, I never predicted that. I mean, you couldn't have asked me what I like. I, I always see these things of like runners, professional runners putting in their like fifth grade yearbook uh what, what did you want to be when they grow you grow up and they're always like an olympian like a professional runner i like i had no like clue what either of those things were i probably put the dumbest thing like oh like i want to be an astronaut or maybe i said it's not dumb but i definitely <laughs> didn't put anything like that because i didn't know it was profession like i honestly didn't know it was profession till like a few years ago um so yeah definitely didn't predict it but obviously really happy that it happened and excited to be a part of it now <laughs> yeah now you're at the highest level so that's pretty impressive you not know about <laughs> uh, it then, weird yeah now be able to go to the olympics but uh we'll get more into that i want to hear your whole running story but let's let's go through the 1500 um at the trial Got it. so yeah <laughs> i feel like people were kind of calling you an underdog but honestly i would not say that you were an underdog in that race because you had like a phenomenal indoor season where i feel like that kind of put you on the map at least in my in my eyes like mm-hmm. you like the indoor season just really like I don't know put you in the contention to make the team but how are you feeling going into the race did you like fully believe that you could make the team or was it just kind of like a shock uh I mean it wasn't a shock because obviously I've been training for it like the last few years and uh I've worked this year particularly on really trying to make myself believe that I'm capable of making the team and you know people manifestation and like law of attractions like the big thing right now but I really feel like that's something that I really did to like make the team whether that sounds witchy or not I am a witch so oh well but uh like I needed to do that for myself to make myself believe that I was capable of doing it you know there's always like the given people to kind of make the team who are always kind of expected but then there's the people who aren't really expected. And sometimes I almost feel like it's harder to be in that position because uh, you don't have the pressure of like having to make the team, but because you don't have that pressure, like you're not, you know, pressure makes diamonds, you know, kind of like for yourself. And uh, a lot of the people who were closest with me, like, like you were saying, like knew how well I was progressing and how well I was training and everything. So I kind of enjoyed that 
a lot of people didn't think that I was capable of doing it because a little bit more full for me. And like, I've always kind of operated that way. But uh, I also knew like down that I knew I was capable of doing it. Like if everyone was like thinking Ellie was going to make it, I'm like doing all these great workouts with her as well. And so I'm like, okay, if she's like kind of a given to make this team, like, why can't I have like a good shot at it, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess like the last few years, I've kind of just been a little bit, you know, telling myself every day that I'm capable of making it and that I can make it. And, um, I didn't ever talk about really making it with, but, uh, deep down, like I would tell myself that I could make it. And I think that definitely really helped like change perspective so that when I, when it was all said and done and I was there, um, and I had to like make the choice, you know, that last lap of the 1500, whether I was going to like go for it or whether I was going to sit content in the position that I was in, it really gave me that extra push to be like, Hey, this is what you've been dreaming about for however long now. And, uh, yeah, this is really your chance to go after it. So like, why don't you just go and make your dreams come true? And yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you, you said it really well. Like it's good to not have that like insane pressure of on the starting line where it like can make you crumble, where you like feel the feel like the outward pressure that everyone expects you to make it. But also it's nice to have that because then it's already ingrained into you when you get to the starting line that you have to make it. And there is no other option when like, I guess if you're, yeah, if you're more on the cusp, it's like, you have to believe in yourself. You don't have as many people like expecting you to make it on the day. It's, I feel like it's kind of hard to explain, but I completely understand. Yeah. Like I remember looking at, uh, obviously like every account, like running account had their like pre-race predictions. And I remember I wasn't in anyone's pre-racist predictions. I was like, eh, whatever. Like, I'm not that insulted. Like, I wouldn't choose me either, I guess. But <laughs> it was just, like, kind of funny that, um, yeah. And so, obviously, like, that also caused backlash because, like, because I wasn't in anybody's pre-race. Oh, she got in. She got in on pure luck, like blah blah blah. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I know. Yeah. Who's whatever? There will always be haters for people's success. <laughs> exactly. Haters, the motivators. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> um. At what point in the race did you know that you were gonna make it? Um. Probably like not till like the last like 150. I think like I passed like the third place at the last 150. And I was honestly like blacking out the last lap. So people kept asking me like, oh, what were your thoughts in your head? I'm like, I had absolutely no thoughts. Like the only thought I had the last lap was, yeah, I literally was crossing to go to the last lap that I heard the bell ring or whatever. And I was like, pretend this is a four by four. And so I just start like sprinting for dear life. And because I was sprinting for dear life, I'm like blacking out. I don't know anything that's going on. And so I couldn't hear anybody yelling at me on the side. So I didn't even know like what position I was in. Like I hadn't realized like I passed enough people or whatever. I just knew I was like gunning for it. Um, So yeah, like it was honestly a shock, like right when I finished, because I feel like I was like waking up from a blackout. (laughs) Yeah. Like you crossed, I just watched the video um, of the finish and you like crossed the line and it looked like you didn't know that you made it. I literally had no clue. I don't know why I didn't know. Like I just—it was like, like a clear like, doing the math in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you're like looking uh, up at the clock. You're like, did I make it? I yeah, I was like, like yeah, in you made doubt it. or something. Yeah, it was bizarre. But I mean, 
I made it and I obviously was really excited and yeah. it just was like oh in that moment I'm like dang like I really been telling myself I could make it for all this time and here I am like I just made it so like what now <laughs> yeah you, you celebrate you're like all right what next yeah I was I was like a, so in shock from it that I like woke up the next day I was like I like couldn't even fall asleep that night and I woke up the next day I'm like what is going on like yeah. <laughs> I, Ellie like had texted me something like good morning Olympian like or something like that and I was like whoa like this is weird like I feel <laughs> yeah. like I'm in an alternate universe <laughs> yeah it's and it's crazy because it's like if you if you manifest it like you think about it for so long but then when it actually happens I feel like it just kind of like whoa. exactly yeah like I have been writing it in my gratitude journal literally every single day for the last year and like I yeah it was I remember like I really started wanting it really badly uh probably like two indoors ago and then when the Olympics got canceled last year I remember thinking to myself okay this is awful that they got canceled like I won't get that shot this year but at the same time I think that honestly this gives me a better shot for next year because I was pretty developmental at that point and like I would say I'm still like pretty developmental like I'm still learning a lot about the sport and how to like race these like tough races and be competitive and believe in myself and everything so uh I knew that it definitely gave me a better shot yeah uh to have that extra year of training and everything yeah Yeah. I'm I'm really curious to hear about your story because I don't really know much about it and (laughs) everyone kept telling me like so inspirational so I'm I'm (laughs) oh dang I didn't know it was that inspirational (laughs) yeah I mean you must be, you have a lot of influence over people because everyone was like, oh, she has to tell her, her running story. It's crazy. I'm like, all right. Oh, is it? <laughs> I don't know, but let's hear it. How did you get into the sport and like take us through, I guess, your progression? Yeah. So, I mean, I always knew I was fast, like since I was younger, uh, my mom always says, uh, I mean, my little brothers will say it too. Like we played manhunt, like when we were younger, our whole neighborhood would play. And I have seven siblings. I have four brothers. So, you know, I was pretty competitive with them. And uh, my brother, I remember the first thing he said to me after I made the team was like, yeah, you know, I always knew you were going to do something with that running. Cause when we played manhunt, like no one was catching you if you ran away or whatever. Cause I would just like bolt. And, uh, so I knew I like was speedy, but I didn't know anything that I could do with it. I was just like, oh, this is a fun, like party trick, you know, like you're fast, like you can race the boys and like make them feel like crap. Cause you just beat them. <laughs> and I just thought it was like fun because I had brothers and I was like faster than them, you know? Uh, but I didn't really know like the sport of track and field until I was older. And my sister, my younger sister, she did cross country in middle school. She was pretty good at it, but she had like pretty severe asthma. So it was really funny. She would like, carry her inhaler while she was racing and then like as soon as she was done racing always had an asthma attack <laughs> like it was so dramatic sounds and awful. I remember like watching me like ooh, I don't want to do that like and I have asthma too so I was like ooh, like I don't want to be in that position <laughs> so uh I remember like maybe my freshman or sophomore year I like joined the team for like two or three days because my friends joined it and then I like stopped going to practice or whatever so Uh, I was pretty much like a NARP for most of high school. Like I definitely always like grew up on sports and like doing sports and everything. But I mean, I have a family, I have a ton of children. So like, uh, like the, it wasn't that realistic to do an after school activity because either I was like going home and helping my mom out or like I didn't have a ride home from school and the late bus, like 
came before sports ended. So it was like, oh, you can walk three miles home from school uh, or you could just go take the regular bus and like not do an after school activity. So it just wasn't that realistic for me. And uh, I didn't want to put in the effort of like figuring out how I was going to get like to and from practices and how I was going to like afford whatever came with doing a sport. And it was just a lot of stress for me that I like didn't want to put much thought into. So it wasn't until like my junior year that I committed to doing track, but that was because like my best friend from high school had joined the team and we worked at the grocery, like the local grocery store together after school every day. So uh, I was like, okay, this is perfect. Like she's doing the team. So I'm going to do the team because uh, she's my ride home from school every day anyway. And like, we can just like ride home from school to market basket after like, which is where we worked. And so, yeah, I stuck with it, uh, like, mostly because of her in the beginning. And then, like, I just loved, like, the team aspect of things, you know. Me and my siblings, like, always talk about how we're kind of, like, drifters because we drift in between groups of people. Like, I never had, like, that one group of high school friends that everyone is still in contact and we talk every day. Or, like, I never had that. I was always part of, like, multiple groups of people from multiple cities and because I moved around a lot most of my life. and. Uh, I always had like friends all over kind of deal instead of just like having this like one set group of friends. And the first time I ever found that in my life was like when I joined the track team. And I remember becoming like so close with him and everyone was looking out for each other. And um, like my coach, as soon as I started like doing really well, like he was like, you need to keep doing this sport. Like you need to keep doing this sport. And he was also a teacher at the school. So like, if I didn't come to practice one day, he would like hunt me down in the hallway be like, where were you? <laughs> so, you know, that little fear factor definitely like helped as well. And I definitely needed that. And it wasn't like I wasn't committed in any way or anything. It was just, like I said, it was hard to find out the logistics of things because I didn't have like most of the time, like my mom was taking care of my other siblings or something. So it was hard for me to like get a ride to and from practice. So it was easier for me to just like not go to practice if I didn't have a ride home than it was to like ask somebody for a ride home because I felt nervous about that. So, um, yeah, I like stuck with it and then I started doing really well and, uh, I was really excited about it. Like it was like the first time in my life I had had something like that. And, um, so by the end of my junior year, I had a really great girl, evidence, amazing athlete. Uh, so she was super inspirational in the same year as me and everything. And she was getting recruited by all these colleges, which ended up coming to my benefit because like my coach who at the time from high school would tell the colleges like also about me because I was the same year. Um, so colleges started to reach out to me and I like had always known I wanted to go to college and everything. And I was a really good student in school. Like that's something I always had. Like I was always a great student, but um, I just didn't have like the funds of like affording a college. So like most of the people that were in my position, you know, go to the community college for a few years and see if they can afford like a four-year college. So I hadn't really put much thought into it, but I figured that's probably something I would do. And so like the opportunity to get a scholarship to college was life-changing because I had never even heard about that before. Like I didn't even know anything about it or um, anything about like applying to colleges or what kind of colleges to apply to. I just had absolutely no information. And like I said, like I was really, I'm not, I wasn't shy, but I didn't like asking people questions because I didn't want to seem like I didn't know anything or like I didn't want people to look at me weird because I didn't know the answers to these questions. So I'd always try to figure stuff out on my own, which is not always that helpful when you're that age. 
Um, so it was really helpful that like all these schools would reach out to me and I would talk to the coaches and they would kind of like give me the rundown of everything and how everything works. And so, yeah, I sorted that out and, uh, I ended up like getting offered a like partial scholarship to UMass, which was like the state university in Massachusetts. And it's a really good school. And I remember on my visit, I really liked the academic programs, like loved the campus. Also, they have the number one dining in the country and I'm a big foodie. So I was like, (laughs) Hell yeah, I'm gonna go to the Sold. school for number one dining. Yeah, <laughs> I was like world champs in dining. Sure, I'll take it. And uh, yeah, and I really liked the coach and the team and everything. And the girls on the team, uh, there, I was an 800 meter runner at the time. And uh, there was a lot of really great 800 meter runners. And that really was inspiring to me. And I knew that they'd make me better and everything. So yeah, I chose to go there. And yeah, like, you know, ran through college, had a lot of injuries and uh not injuries, but I had a lot of like health issues. Like I got pneumonia a lot. It was really random. Uh, (laughs) Like I was just like, I don't know why I would always get like pneumonia. And my roommates like honestly thought it was so funny because I would like get pneumonia and have to get like a nebulizer. And it was so embarrassing. Like I'd be like in my room, I would call it vaping. I'd be like, oh, I have to like go vape and like just go on my nebulizer treatment. Like I felt like a child, but um it would always happen. Like it was so awful. Like I would get this horrible pneumonia and then I would go through waves cause I would get a uh, uh, prescribed prednisone to like help with the pneumonia to clear my lungs and prednisone like makes you crazy. So I'd like go through this bout where I was psychotic and they're like, Oh, Heather's just like on the prednisone again. <laughs> like, and so it was just like a whole bit, but um, <laughs> I know. So it happened like a few times and it just like ruined a few seasons for me, which was awful but I mean like knock on air like I haven't gotten sick like that since college and I hope not to get sick like that like ever again so wait Um, what do you think was causing it so I think it was like a mix of stress because I was going through like a lot of stressful personal stuff at the time and uh not getting enough sleep like I didn't really it was weird because I did research on sleep like most of college like I was in a research lab on like a neuroscience research lab and I studied sleep and student athletes particularly but like I would learn all this stuff about sleep and like not listen to my own advice I'd be like telling the team like you guys need to like get sleep every night and like meanwhile I'm I'm, like up till 3 a.m like doing stupid shit (laughs) so uh yeah I wasn't sleeping enough like I was really stressed a lot um I had like way too much on my plate um and like at the same time you know your training is a full-time athlete I was also I worked all college um and I was also in school so like it was it was just a lot and there was never enough time in the day and like I would get FOMO from like not doing enough so like I would always want to be doing something and I didn't know like the meaning of just chilling. So like, because of that, it took its toll on my health for sure. And yeah, so it just like caused me to get sick all the time. And so like, I would go a few months being healthy and then all of a sudden I'd get a cough and it would turn into bronchitis and then it would turn into like walking pneumonia. Um, And then that would keep me out for like two or three months. So I never could train properly. Like I never had a base and yeah, I wasn't training that much to begin with. Like I only ran like 30 miles a week in college. So, uh, building that, like if I can't even run 30 miles a week, then, you know, you have absolutely no base. Yeah. And like consistency is the most important part of being a successful athlete. So exactly. Yeah. And like, I never had those like multiple years of like healthy training and, um, like I would be able to make it through the season usually, but 
uh, by the time it came to like regionals or like NCAAs and everything, like I was pretty toast because I had no base. So I just wasn't strong enough. Um, so yeah, I wasn't until like after college that like those kind of life stress stressors just went away. And like, even now I struggle with it because I get so bored, you know, (laughs) like, I feel like I need to like be starting some like organization or something. Like I'm not doing enough because it it must be such a difference from like working, going to school and running, because I could not imagine having a job on top of being like a full-time student athlete that travels year round for cross country track, indoor track and outdoor track. So doing, going from that to being a pro runner, which most of the pro runners I know are get bored easily because you can only run so much in the day and do so many rolling sessions. So that just has to be crazy, but also probably much better for your stress levels because I, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Tremendously better. Like I can sleep now, obviously. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I can take the time now to like do the little things, you know, like stretch or, uh, sleep, obviously like make sure I'm drinking enough water, like little things like that that I just wasn't really paying attention to before I was kind of just like going through the motions like I would say most of college I was like just going through the motions because like all this stuff was happening around me and like I was a part of it but at the same time like it was just a lot for like a 20 year old to handle and um so I was kind of just like operating day by day whereas now like I have all this time on my hands I can actually and I don't have like people to take care of or like school to take care of or a job to take care of it's just like I'm taking care of just myself and like it's really great honestly and yeah. I can be like oh okay well like why don't I start like working on goals like instead of like just going day to day and trying to like get through each day you know like I have like plans for like this amount of time you know like everyone always has those interview questions like your five to ten year plans I'm like now I have one of those yeah so yeah, just a lot of a different, uh, and like, it's made me a really different person from it just because I have, I can like commit more to thinking about those things and how I'm going to approach them and tackle them. Today's episode is brought to you by Organifi. Organifi is a line of organic superfood blends that offer plant-based nutrition with high quality ingredients and less than three grams of sugar. Each superfood blend is really easy to use. Just simply mix it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go, and it provides you with quality nutrition throughout your day. They also strive to keep prices as low as possible, so it's less than $3 a day. Organifi is literally my latest obsession. I've been using all of their products every single day of the week. Okay, I talked about in the last episode how I've been using the red juice and the green juice every day, which I've still been doing. Lately, I've been using their Complete Protein. It's an organic vegan protein powder and multivitamin with digestive enzymes. 20 grams of protein, all in one delicious, easy to mix shake. Fun fact, it contains half the daily recommended value of selenium, vitamin C, D, E, A, thiamine, and 35% of your daily iron. These vitamins are all from Whole Foods, so it's made with pea proteins, quinoa, pumpkin seed, coconut, vanilla bean, and digestive enzymes. And honestly, the flavor is absolutely immaculate. Highly recommend I've been adding it to my oatmeal every morning or to my protein shakes after my workout. If you guys want to check out Organifi, highly recommend just go to www.organifi.com slash cold brew for 20% off all products. That is www.organifi.com slash cold brew, or you can head to their site and use code cold brew for 20% off and you'll get 20% off all products. So highly recommend you go check them out, especially the protein and the red juice and the green juice. Love it. And let's get back into the episode. Was, is there anything that you would change about your college experience, like the way you approached it? Or was it just what had to be like done in the situation? Um, I mean, like everyone always says everything happens for a reason. That's pretty cliche, but I think that everything does happen for a reason. And 
I think that having that college experience definitely helped me because it really set me up for my future. Like I know a lot of the things that I'm really passionate about because I took the time to invest in figuring out like what my passions were, like what my purpose is, you know, after sport, like, and including sport, who knows, like what would have happened like later down the line? Like maybe I wouldn't, I'd be burnt out by now. Like if I had ran at a different program or um, kind of like overwhelmed myself with just focusing on sport. Like I'm the type of person who definitely, I love the sport of track and field. I'm definitely a fan as well as like a participant, but at the same time, um, like I like, think I have a personality outside of it, you know, and I've really gotten to explore that over the years. And I think that being part of the college experience that I had was like exploring that and figuring out like what things I'm passionate about outside of the sport. So yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously there's things that I wish didn't happen, but like at the same time, I can't change that they did. And I'm thankful that they did in a way because from each lesson that I learned, like I've got, I've really gotten to take something out of it and bring it with me later in life. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> what are some of your passions outside of running? Um, oh, well, like, what do we start with? Like, okay, that's great though. Stuff? That's a good place to be in. Because a lot of people like, I mean, I didn't explore really anything outside of running. So I think you're, yeah, like you said, you're setting yourself up for life after sport, which is going to be the majority of people's lives. So yeah, yeah anyway. <laughs> well, uh, like a lot of the stuff I studied in college, um, were kind of like around my college experience and like how difficult it was for me to learn about college in general. So I'm really passionate about like equal access to education and um, how to make education for first generation students more accessible and how to get more students into colleges because really like going to a four year institution or even getting like an, a degree in general can really transform somebody's life and take them out of a cycle of poverty or like a cycle of a situation that they are in uh, that's at a disadvantage to them. And I think that education can really transform somebody's life. And so I was really passionate about that. Like that's what I studied in my master's program. And I definitely like am passionate about hopefully like going back to that later in life or at least like educating people on how to work with students who are in that position and don't really have that support that a lot of students do have. Like, I think that's a common misconception is that like, oh, you can just ask for help. But like, I didn't ask for help. So I know there's a hundred, a hundred students in my position who also are afraid to ask for help. So like, how can we provide resources that allow them to like figure it out via those resources and stuff like that. So uh, like, like, that's just like one of my passions, but obviously like I have other things, you know, I'm like really passionate about uh, like title nine and uh equality between the genders of a sport, you know, male versus female or women and male and uh, athletics and institutions and how to make like sports less focused on trickle down economics and like more focused on creating like a holistic experience for student athletes and preparing them for their futures. Cause you know, everyone sees the statistics, like only like less than 1% of those student athletes that are division one are going pro. So like, what are we doing for the other 99% and how are we setting them up for a future that they're going to be successful? And you hear so many stories of student athletes who leave their sport and they go through these like 
this period of time where they feel lost and don't really know where they're going next in life. Like even like creating a workout plan. Like I remember, you know, in college we had like lift twice a week and we knew we were running every day, but like, I couldn't imagine if I wasn't running now, like what I would be doing because I had no idea how to create like a sustainable workout plan. And I just feel like that's something that, you know, as student athletes, like athletic departments have the resources to teach those skills for the student athlete after sport. Like you need to, I feel like they need to do more about it because then sometimes student athletes, like they come out of their sport and they're either so burnt out or they feel like they have unfinished business and they haven't really resolved that either. Um, And there's not really any resources for them, like as soon as they leave the institution. So uh, just like, yeah, providing resources for student athletes, like set them up for a better future and stuff like that. But yeah, I have like a ton of little things I like, like to read about and I still keep up to date with, uh, that I studied in college and everything. And yeah, it makes me excited for like, because I still learn a lot about it now by still being in athletics, especially like at the professional level. Cause you hear like, for instance, you know, we just saw that that law got passed that student athletes can capitalize on their name and image now, which I think is great. And, um, yeah, it's just interesting to see like all the changes and, uh, you know, I feel like the wheels always get turning for me where I'm like, Oh, like connecting all the dots here and there. And, uh, I think that part of that is just like, I spent a lot of time studying it and, uh, building like excitement around it, just like I do around like the sport. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I really liked the idea of having something for post-college athletes. That is something that like, I am kind of baffled that that's not already a thing or no one is addressing life after college athletics. Like why is no one helping anyone with the transition? It's like one track mind, like you're only thinking about the four years and then like, okay, let's get you like, so that you're passing your classes and then you get your degree and then buy forever. Like <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Especially because like, I mean, they tell you this when you're in college, but athletes, student athletes are some of the most sought out employees out of like all these people that are graduating from college, but student athletes don't know it because they don't know what skills that they have that are like, you always get the cliche, like same explanation. Oh, you're really great with teamwork. And yeah, you're really driven. Teamwork. Like, yeah. Employers love student athletes, but like, that's easier. That's easy to say, but like, how can you make the student athlete know and apply those skills like in the workforce? And I feel like that's the piece that's really missing in a lot of institutions, um, as well as like how to make, you know, it's not just about like going straight. It's not just the pipeline from becoming a student athlete full-time to becoming a worker full-time. Like how do you make the student athlete become a worker full-time, but also enjoy their life and know that like it work isn't like athletics. Like so many student athletes spent so many years of their life focusing like tunnel vision on their, their athletic performance. Like how do you go into the workforce with like a healthier mindset and maybe not think like everything's so competitive, um, and like live a healthy lifestyle, you know, because you, you get to the workforce and you're working, you know, sometimes people come accountants or whatever, they're working like 90 hours a week. They don't have time for a workout regimen. Like they're not really eating well because they only focus on doing that stuff. Like, well, they were a full-time athlete and they don't really know how to do it. Like with this other half of their life. So even like small skills like that. And I feel like those pieces of uh, college athletic departments and a lot of them are really missing. Like I, there's a lot of schools who are doing like great things and I've read so many awesome programming that's going on, but there's also like 
a lot of schools that aren't doing as much and that could definitely be doing more. And I think that really comes from governance from the NCAA and making sure that those schools are providing student athletes with the resources that they need to succeed outside of college. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah, like you said, beyond the workforce too, like finding a healthy exercise regimen is something that I think, I mean, basically every student athlete I've talked to after college is like, either they don't work out at all, or it's like, they just go to another extreme, you know, because it's like, yeah. you don't know how to be a normal person or just like eating. It's like, for me, I know I did not know how to eat as like a normal person because I've only eaten as a, like a runner who's running 50 plus miles a week year round, you know? So it's just yeah, like, exactly. not that like someone has to teach me how to like <laughs> put a fork to my mouth, but like, but it would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but It would be helpful to know what normal people do. Cause like, I didn't know. So yeah, yeah I really like that idea. And I mean, you seem like you've done a lot more research than I have. I just, I don't know. I just didn't experience it myself. So yeah, I mean, exactly. You're, you're the one who's like living it right now. You know, like that's all the research you need. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's like a, millions of other student athletes that have been in the same exact position. And like, how do you fix that uh, from like an athletic department standpoint? And like, why aren't you fixing it? Like you're investing yeah. all this money into like these silly things for, you know, one or two teams on campus when you could be like investing in, the long-term health of the student athletes. Yeah, exactly. I think it just depends from school to school what their priority is. Yeah. Or planning on winning teams and that's not, are they winning NCAAs and like championships? Then oh, like, yeah, I can see them sure. not wanting to put on the focus on the future, but it would be nice, you know? Yeah, it would be right, real great. <laughs> yeah, it feel great if someone considered that, but what did you study in college? Um, so undergrad, I studied psychology. I had a minor in education and economics. And then I had a fifth year, so I started a grad program at UMass in higher ed administration with a focus in sports administration. Nice. Well, that will yeah. set you up well, it seems like, for your passions. I know. Yeah, I know. It worked out perfectly. Like, I worked in student success, like, my first year of my master's program, um, like, creating, like, a system to create, uh, like, it was, like, a hands-on system that allow students to be flagged early on if like they're not doing as well in classes and how to help them especially if the student is like first generation or um is like slipping like their first semester in college and how to provide them with resources so that they can continue on instead of dropping out because you know retention rates at people don't really talk about like the retention rates among these students who come from disadvantaged backgrounds and how like yeah you can get them to campus but like what are you doing for them once they're there um and then my second year, I got to work in the athletic department. And that's when I like really started like getting fired up about all this stuff. Cause like you're seeing it all from the inside out and like how everything operates. And obviously it's a more complex than I ever understood, you know, like when you're a student athlete, you're like, oh, why isn't the athletic department doing this? And then you understand like from a budgetary standpoint, like they can't afford that because like they're a state school and it comes from this system and like this pot of money. And yeah, so uh, it was just really good experience. Like it was fun to see the other side of things and it's given me a lot of perspective on like, A, what things like I hope change in the future, but B, like how things operate that I didn't understand before and like how yeah. grateful I am for like how much athletic departments do do for student athletes as well, you know? Yeah. Well, this is kind of not, that was kind of, a, I mean, not really a tangent, but, um, how did you like end up going professional? Like how good were you in college? And when did you know that like becoming a professional runner was going to be an option? Um, so in college, like I was good for like new England and a 10, but my, uh, 
college team, like we were division one, but we didn't like our focus was never really NCAAs, you know, like our focus was always like doing well at that, that like a 10 championship. And I think that like, it's different for schools who like focus is always NCAAs because then the student athletes are like always looking towards that. But we just hadn't had like a lot of students that student athletes that were going to NCAAs. So that just like, wasn't our focus. And, um, so like, I was, I remember like getting to college in my first few years, I was like progressing pretty rapidly, but then like by my sophomore year, I started running into like all of these issues with like illness and, um, some injury and stuff. And, uh, so like I was doing really well for a 10, like I won my first a 10 championship my freshman year. And like, that was huge for the institution because freshmen don't really win a 10s. And, um, like our school was a smaller division one school. So we didn't have like a lot of people competing at that national level and like across all sports. So like we had the N or that lacrosse team would make it to NCAAs most years. And I remember seeing that and being like so inspired by it and hoping that like at one point that I could make it to NCAAs, but I wasn't ever following NCAAs. Like I never, I remember like never looking up the results or anything for NCAAs because I didn't really know what it was all about like until I made it my first time my junior year like I made it in the mile um and I remember getting there and being like whoa like all these schools rolled up on their buses with like all these athletes <laughs> and it was like so intense and uh I was like the only one there from my school like I was racing in a uniform that was like literally 20 years old like it was disgusting and um I just remember getting there and like, it was a huge deal for like my campus at the time. Um, but like, I didn't, because I had never thought about like me being there, like I wasn't really prepared for it. Like it wasn't like how I prepared for the Olympic trials. It was like, Oh, I just found, I like woke up one morning and I wound up at like the NCAA championships. And so I got there and I like made the most of it and everything, but I just, it was eye opening to me for sure, because it definitely like opened up a uh, drive in me, like, about the sport that I hadn't really had before. Like I had always focused on like the team aspects of the sport. Um, like I always like would pop off at like A-10s, like always do my best at A-10s because I was really fired up by like doing well for my team. And I never like could fire myself up in that way to do well for myself. So like I do well in my races, but like, because I knew it was for my team. And so by the time I got to like regionals or NCAAs, it was like confusing to me because like, Oh, I'm like, I'm here by myself. Like I have to do this all alone. And, um, I didn't feel like the same motivation. Uh, so like that definitely took me a while to like get under my belt. Like, you know, this is, you want to compete at this level and you want to make it to this level, but like, you also want to make the most of the level once you're there. Um, so like I was, I never at that point, like I was, I really wanted to make it to NCAAs, but I never really thought about going professional. And then I remember like my senior year, I found Team New Balance Boston on Instagram and uh, Emily Durgan had just joined the team. And I knew Emily Durgan because she ran at UConn and we always ran against UConn. And like, I was like, oh, like Emily Durgan, like she ran different events than I did, but I thought, thought we were like in similar boats. Like we went to New England schools and um, we didn't ever run against each other or anything, but I thought we were pretty like similar, you know? So I was like, oh, like she went professional. Like, why can't I go professional? But I didn't really know what that meant. I, like, I thought I would always, how I always imagined, like, being a pro athlete was, like, oh, I'd be working full-time and being an athlete because I didn't know anything about, like, sponsorship or contract or, like, how any of that stuff worked. Um, so, like, I thought about it a lot my senior year. And I remember, like, 
talking to it about like talking about it with somebody and they're like oh what do you think you'll do after like you're done running I'm like oh what do you mean like I want to keep running like I feel like I haven't really gotten that chance in my life to focus wholly on the sport and uh really like get to my highest potential like I knew I hadn't been able to do that because of like all the stuff that was going on in my life and uh so like yeah my fifth year I definitely concerted it more and more um and by the end of my fifth year like uh team started to reach out and stuff and that's when I like started to decide and I had been pretty good friends with Ellie for a few years at that point like Ellie like had known she was going professional like was really helpful with filling me in on like how everything works and uh her coach was as well from college like telling me like oh yeah like teams offer money like that's how you like get by and like I wasn't in any position to get money at the time because I wasn't like as that good or anything so um but I knew like I would have at least the opportunity to uh still like improve so that's like all I needed really to to like get by I was like oh this is something that you can continue to do and you can continue to improve yourself as an athlete but yeah I remember like getting to the pro level and uh, it just being such a huge jump for me. Like I always talk, like when I was talking to recruits in college, like about how it is competing at the college level, I would always tell them like, imagine like every meet is your state championship. And like now when I jumped to the pro level, I, I was trying to conceptualize it. And like every race is literally like the best race of your life because you're not racing as often. Like you're preparing so much for these races. Like in college, I was racing like every weekend and I was doing like three races every weekend. And like some races I knew I was going to win by a landslide, like stuff like that. Like I never get that feeling in the professional world. And, uh, because I had been used, like my college, like didn't have a lot of money. And so we never went to those like huge races. We never went to like Mount Sac or like text relays or any of those things. So I didn't ever get that like level of competition until I went to, uh, like NCAAs or something. And obviously by the time I get there, I'm starstruck. Cause I feel like I don't belong there. Uh, so like having to accept the fact that every meet is going to be like that in the professional world, like definitely took me a while. Like there was a lot of like waves of up and down. Like I'm sure Mark was like, Oh my God, like what did I get myself into? This girl like does not know how to race. But, um, I, it was just like a lot, a big learning experience for me. Like I wasn't coming from like a program that like had all that experience and I really had to like learn, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just the definition. You're like the definition of a developmental athlete. It's like, you obviously have yeah. a talent that's there. It just maybe took you a little bit longer than other people who had a different yeah. college experience. Like, I mean, m- your college experience versus my college experience are two completely different things. So I couldn't even imagine like going from what you were doing to just jumping to the pro level. Cause I know the people that are like <laughs> running at the pro level, like that is very intense. So yes, it yeah. was so I'm, I'm sure your coach understands too what you were dealing with. And he, I'm sure oh, he yeah. saw your he's potential great. at like, that point. So. Yeah. And he never like blamed me. He was always, uh, he was always like, it'll come, it'll come, it'll yeah. come. Like that was really helpful because, uh, he like Mark does an amazing job of like making you believe in yourself. Like he'll like tell you, you can do something like way before you can, you think you're even capable of doing that. Mm-hmm. And, um, sometimes like he'll say something I'm like all right okay whatever and like you know I really just like was like you know I just really need to start believing in him because he's right you know I just uh it's just it was hard for me to like wrap my head around it and uh took me time to like be able to realize like what it was like to compete at that level and how much I needed to like really work on these little things like 
being positive and believing in myself and uh, figuring out how to like deal with race anxiety, because like those were all things that I hadn't thought too much about in college because it wasn't like it wasn't my whole life, you know, and now it's like my whole career. So, yeah. Yeah. And having a coach that believes in you, I feel like at that point is just so crucial because it's like if you are doubting yourself, like who is going to lift you up? And if, if you're not exactly. having a coach that's telling you these crazy things that, like that you can go to the Olympics, like it's probably not just going to come from your own brain, you know, if you're already down. No, like, yeah, not the at starting all. Line. Yeah. So I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's really great. Like I give him so much credit for just being so like, yep, you know, you like he would give me a workout sometimes. I'd be like, oh my God, how does he think I'm going to do this workout? And I would just go and do it. And I would be like so shocked afterwards. And he just makes it so nonchalant. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's like something I definitely really needed, like entering this level is like somebody who uh, is so level headed with it all. And it's just like, yep, just go do the work and that's it. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the work and that's it. And now I get to races. I'm like, the work's already done, you know? So like, there's nothing more I can do here. And it kind of like makes this a lot more normal in that regard too. Like, I'm, we're not like a crazy, like looking up stats and stuff all the time or doing all this uh, stuff, you know, we're pretty normal. And uh, we like, we're like the work's done. Like, you know, we'll leave it up to like the race now. So yeah, definitely a helpful mindset to have. Yeah. Not over, not having to overthink anything and just like no. knowing that your coach believes in you and he's obviously like a very established coach. So yes, <laughs> just having that in the back of your mind, like definitely keeps you at ease. And then when you're crushing these workouts that you like, maybe don't believe in yourself, like that just helps your confidence grow more and more. So exactly. Yeah. It's all you need sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Just keeping it simple. You don't need to overthink mm-hmm. things. Just do the work and <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Results follow. If exactly. You believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So did you get a contract right out of college then? Or were you, did you have to work at all? Or how did that work? Um, so I actually worked at, as soon as I finished my master's. So my first year pro, I was finishing my master's program. Um, so I was working as a graduate assistant uh, for like 30 hours a week in Amherst, which is about two hours from Boston. So I would drive down to Boston like twice a week at like 5am to come to practice And it just became like second nature to me, like until I didn't have to do that anymore. I didn't realize like how draining that actually was (laughs) because I'd be like coming. I would drive down at like 5 a.m. because there was always so much traffic. So I wouldn't get there until like 839. Then I would do the workout. Then I would drive back and then I would work for the rest of the day. And then I would go to classes at night. And um, I just yeah, it was crazy. Like I was like, why was I doing that? And at the time, like I had started training with the team, but I didn't have like a a contract or anything. Like I was just training with the team, like seeing how far I could get, how good I could get and everything. So, you know, I'm paying for like all this gas and like, there's definitely a lot of times where I really questioned myself. Like I had a really bad race at one point in the year. And I remember like after the race, I'm like, I was about to graduate and I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, like, Oh my gosh, like, is this worth it? Like I've probably spent like thousands of dollars in gas this year. Like I don't even want to know how much money I spent, like traveling back and forth. Like I've had to repair my car a ton. And it was just always, I was always so exhausted because I was just doing so much. Um, but at the same time, like I remember how excited I was to like get up in the morning and go to practice in the morning and like crush a workout and like see how much I can push my body. So I like was exhausted, but at the same time I was really excited about it and like knew I wanted to keep doing it. Um, but like, I definitely got to those like points where I was just really questioning myself. So yeah, I graduated in 
May. And then that's when I started to like do really well in the sport because I, I got it. I moved to Boston. I was subletting for the summer. I lived with Ellie and, um, I was working full-time at like a beer garden that like had just opened up in Boston. So I like helped start it and everything, which was super fun experience and like really good experience for the future as well. You know, like, I don't think I'll ever work at a beer garden again, but I like learned what it was like to like create community programming and co-manage and do all this stuff. And plus it was just really fun. It was outside. It was like right on the water. And, um, I know the owner really well and like, I'm still really close with him and everything. So I did that full time, like when I first graduated during the summer. And again, that was like super draining because you're like on your feet all day. And but I knew I needed to do that because like I had no other income source. And like I'm always the type of person like I don't have financial support coming from anywhere else. Like I've always been financially independent, like always had to provide for myself. So um, I, I didn't want to get to a position where I was struggling or like I would have to go into debt to like do the sport. Um, but I was like, I know if I keep working at it and stay focused, like I'll hopefully earn my way up to that level. And, um, yeah, by the end of the summer, like I had a few races in Europe and, um, like I just started dropping my times like crazy because I didn't have like school or anything anymore. Like I remember like my PR going into the summer was like 417 in the 1500. I ran like a race in Europe. Uh, and I ran like 410 and then the next race I ran 406 and like got my first world standard and like you know those are times that are suitable for like getting a contract and everything and I was finally like starting to show uh, this level of improvement that like I knew I was capable of doing I just hadn't quite done it yet because I didn't really know like I didn't have the tools to do it quite yet like I didn't have uh, like I needed like to work on the mental piece of things and everything and um, so yeah, by the end of the summer, like I had done my first like U S championships in the 1500 and, um, I ended up like placing seventh, I think. And I was really excited about that. Like I had a PR in the race and, uh, I just like, it just made me really excited for the future in the sport because I was finally like seeing these improvements and was like, okay, everything I've done, like up until this point is worth it. And like, I think this shows that I'm exactly what I, I'm doing, what I need to be doing. And like, I'm, I am where I need to be. And like, this is something that I can really continue to improve on. Um, so yeah, I usually like now I like usually work in the fall. Like I love doing something extra in the fall just because like the fall is the only time of the year that we're not training and traveling and like going to camps and everything. So I usually like coach in the fall or like volunteer in the fall doing something. Um, and that'll help too, like with, uh, like income, like a little extra income source, you know, just to help me feel like more financially secure throughout the year. Um, and I like also love doing it. Like I love coaching like high school students. It's like so fun and refreshing and, um, really good experience and everything, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like it's also the type of thing that you need for your own mental <laughs> sanity. Yeah. So that you're not so bored for the entire year at least, or just like exactly. solely focus on running. I mean, if you've had stuff that you've been focusing on outside of running for your whole life, like it's a big transition from doing that to like d- doing only running like one track mind focus, which also exactly. I don't think is that healthy in itself. So no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I mean, a lot of athletes are okay with like just focusing on running. It's just like, I've never operated that way because running, I don't think running has ever been my whole life. So um, like, why would I make it my whole life now? Like I've been doing great with it out being my whole life. So I'm just like, I would rather do other stuff at the same time, you know? And um, 
So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like you have a good balance now and obviously it has shown on the track. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> what are your goals for Tokyo? I would really like to make it to the Olympic final. And I definitely think I felt all goes right and like everything I'm definitely capable of doing it. Um, but also just like taking the experience as a whole. I mean, it's like my first Olympics and I've never been to the Olympics before. And like, so I know it's going to be a lot different than this year than past Olympics, but because I've never been, like, I don't really know what to expect. So I'm really excited about it. And yeah, I really like hope to make the final and everything and represent the country. Well, yeah. I was so sad to see that like, they're not allowing spectators now. I know none at all. Not even the citizen. So I'm definitely for the best, I guess, because they're in a state of emergency. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does kind of, it is kind of sad for the sport, but at least like everyone would be watching from home anyway. Yeah. I'm sure you'll have a lot of <laughs> watch parties. and Oh yeah. I hope you. so. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that was the best part about the trials is I, everyone was sending me videos after of like their families and their friends, and, like all these watch parties that they were having. And the amount of support that I was receiving was so mind blowing to me. Like it was even crazier than the race, to be honest, because I have never in my life, like had, like felt like I made like an impact on that many people, you know, like so many people were watching that race that I was like, Oh my God, like I've never known this many people cared about me. And like, it was, I was just so happy to see that. And like, it was, I just felt honored to like see that all these people like took the time to like watch my race and cheer for me. And like, even though they weren't at the trials, like physically, like I definitely felt the support and everything. And yeah, it was, it was really amazing to like see all the videos and stuff and like brought me to tears, honestly. Cause I was like, wow, like I've never realized like this many people care about me, you know? <laughs> yeah. So well, yeah. the trials is like so inspirational just from someone like, I mean, I watched the trials this year and it's just so cool to see people accomplish like their lifelong dream. Like I remember yeah. this is this is random, but I like saw a video of Joe Klecker like hugging his coach or something, or his oh yeah, yeah. I and it. I literally teared up. I don't know Joe Klecker <laughs> at all, but I like teared up because I was like, he was like like sobbing. And I was like, it's just so like awesome to see people that because you just know how much it takes to yeah. dedicate your life to it and just like see it come true for you and all the other people that made the team. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just like, it's such a cool experience. And I'm sure Tokyo is going to be like, so amazing, even if it is a little bit different. Like I can only imagine yeah. how much fun that you're going to have. So, oh yeah. And I hope like we're able to like, I don't know if we're going to be able to interact with other athletes or anything. I have no clue. I haven't really heard much about that, but uh, hopefully at like some point, even if it's not in Tokyo, like there's a way for us to like get to know the other athletes and everything and learn more about them and their stories. Like, I honestly think the best part about uh, the Olympics is like learning about all these athletes stories. Like even what you were saying with the trials, like there's so many after the trials, like people who made the team, there's so many more stories coming out about like about the third place or the fourth place or the fifth place. And that's like the best part about it all is just learning so much about like these athletes as individuals as a whole. And how inspirational it is that now they're competing at this like level of the sport that's like the pinnacle of the sport like everyone knows the olympics and um like everyone knows the olympics everyone knows like you're an athlete and like most of these athletes like, like have gone a lot of their life with being defined as like just the athlete but then their whole story comes out and you see them as so much more than that and that's like the best part about it is like that this platform has allowed them to like tell their stories and 
let the world know about their stories and how they got to where they are, you know? Yeah. Because everyone has such a different story too. And yeah. honestly, that's what, that's what I love doing about this podcast is because I mean, yes, I talk to a lot of people I know directly. So it's like, I kind of know their story, but then I talk to people like you yeah. who I've never talked to. And I just like get to hear more about like where you came from, which is just so different than other people's like stories. So yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, I like definitely agree with you. Like I, I love the coverage around this time of year because mm-hmm. you just hear about so many more people than the usual, like huge names in this sport, you know, just yeah, the people that exactly. come out of like, nowhere or just like underdogs, I guess. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Like even like the other day I was like on a, I saw this tweet circulating of uh, what event was she in? I think she, it was long jump, the third place finisher. And it was like, started from McDonald's. Now I'm here. Oh I'm like, yeah. I oh saw my that God, this is such a cool story. And now I like follow her on Instagram. Like she's super funny. And like, um, uh, like, it's just like all those like little stories that, you know, like you were saying, you don't hear about every day. Like, like you were saying the big names, like everyone knows their story by now. And, um, I found it really exciting to like learn about all these other athletes stories and how they got to be where they are and how much they've overcome and worked so much to be in this position. And cause you know, like those are the stories that are like lifting other people up uh, that might not, that might be in high school or middle school, or even pe- like normal people who just like need an inspirational story, like for the day to talk about and get excited about like what they're doing in their lives. And uh, so, yeah, it's really great. It's like definitely a cool time of year. It's a cool thing to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely a part of it. Like just hearing <laughs> your story, it just, I think it's really inspiring to a lot of people. And it is, it's not like the usual one that you're hearing from like these top level athletes. So it's super cool just to get your Aww. perspective on everything and see all of your success. And I'm sure like, I mean, you're young, so you have much <laughs> more of a career to go, but I'm sure everyone's going to be rooting for you in Tokyo. It's going to be super fun to watch. Oh, thanks, Ella. <laughs> Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here, making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in store and on Menards.com. Save big. Um, okay. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do like, we got some listener questions. Oh are, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty funny. Um, oh, I can't wait. My friends were like, oh yeah, I submitted questions. So I was like, oh Lord. There, like, yeah. There was a lot of questions. I will say so. We definitely won't get to all of them. Yeah. But maybe some of them will be in here. Okay. Yeah. A common question was favorite Boston running route. Favorite Boston running route. Ooh, that's a really good question. I actually have two, I would say. Like, I really like running on the Charles. I know that's pretty cliche, but I don't get to run on the Charles that often because we usually leave Boston a lot to run. Um, so, like, the days that I got to run on my own and run from my house and I do, like, a loop around the Charles, I really like that. Um, just because I love the Boston skyline. Like, I grew up near the city and my dad worked in the city when I was younger and everything. So, it's always had this really special meaning to me. Um, and it's, like, my favorite view in the world. So, around the Charles for sure. Um, but I also, there's this running route that we do a lot in Somerville, Cambridge area. Um, and it goes like up into Winchester and like Arlington and stuff around the Finger Lakes. And that's like one of my favorites as well, because 
I'm a big loop person. Like we do a lot of out and backs and I hate out and backs, but I I love love out and backs. (laughs) Really? I absolutely hate them. Like I'd much rather go for like an undisclosed amount of time, like on a loop or something than I would to go like 60 minutes on an out and back. Like I hate them. So, (laughs) um, like I like this route a lot because it's a loop. Uh, I don't really know how we start at, um, Thorndike Park and I think that's in Arlington and there's like it's like a mix of trails bike path and then just regular streets and goes around the lake and everything and uh yeah I really like that route as well nice yeah I don't know I honestly don't know anything about Boston so this yeah is all <laughs> me, but hopefully I know you'll have there to was... come down sometimes so we can show you <laughs> I know I know I've been there one time but I so I know what the Charles is I ran along yeah. there but that's the extent of my Boston knowledge now you're in East Coast gal so <laughs> yeah I know Boston's not too far Perfect. away so I'll have to make my yeah. way out there again um what is your favorite pre and post-race meal pre and post-race meal Ooh, that's a good question Pre, I would say I don't really like eat a ton like pre-race like the night before I I don't even know like I eat something different every time so I never figure out on that but like in the morning I like to eat just like simple like eggs and toast with jam and like coffee just really like it and like I have that most days anyway and I yeah toast and jam I don't know why it's just like so good to me so I get kind of excited about it because I feel like sometimes you go to these like really great hotels and they have really awesome jam (laughs) (laughs) jam. yeah um and then post-race I'm a big like post-race like burger gal love that's that's a common answer yeah like burger and a beer definitely hits different (laughs) yeah good good answer uh do you have any role models role models yeah um oh yeah I have like a few role models for sure I mean like my ones that I've had my whole life like my mom my uh I have a I do you know big sister little sister association is I've heard of it yeah so it's like an organization that sets you up with a big sister and like it's they're obviously they're not a real big sister but they like take you out and like bring you on trips and stuff and uh you can go to the beach and like do activities together. It's like kind of like a surrogate big sister type of deal. Um, and I've had a big sister since I was eight, which I'm so thankful for. Like my mom was a single mom and, uh, she thought it was really important to like get us like girls, big sisters. And I absolutely adore my big sister and she's a huge role model to me. And like, she's a lot older than me, but she, it always feels like, like we're close in age. And I always like call her about, whatever issues like especially like relationship issues she's like known it all so she's she's such a great person to go to and just be like oh, let me tell you this or like stuff like that so she's a huge role model for me and then uh my coach from college is like a second mom to me as well so I absolutely adore her coach Julie um and then like running role models like my teammates are role models to me I've learned so much from them and honestly like I feel like I make a lot of people my role models because I'll like travel to a meet or something and stay with some like random girl from this random place. And I always like learn something every time. And uh, that's like my favorite part about like going to these meets is like staying with these random people and like learning all these like cool things about them and how they are better, better themselves for the sport and like tips and tricks I could take from them. Um, But yeah, definitely like my teammates and um, like I always looked up to like Shalane Flanagan and like Emma Coburn and Corey McGee. I like always looked up to her. So it's so awesome to like see them at all these meets now. Cause like, these are people that 
I didn't really follow a ton of professional track and field athletes in college, like, especially not towards the end, but like towards the end, those are people I like really followed. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. You have such a fresh perspective on running. I love it. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's not that different, I guess, than like other people, but I just feel like you're so humble and it's so cool to see like someone that is going to the Olympics to be so humble. It's awesome. So. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um okay someone asked about the Venmo coffee situation because I know like I think it was Chris Chavez was telling people to Venmo you for like for coffee or something or, oh like- yeah so my Venmo is Heather Dash McLean um <laughs> yeah um basically I like it this is right after the trials yeah but we I like went to the tracksmith house to um like see Dana because Dana's my roommate she's like my best friend and mm-hmm. um I was obviously like she's like the first person I wanted to go see because she was out at the trial so I ran over to her house like after I was done with drug testing and stuff and they were like let's record a podcast and I'm like great idea and so like I'm obviously super hyped so I re-listened to the podcast and I was like oh my god like what was I saying but, oh see um, don't ever do that don't ever re-listen <laughs> to podcasts because you're gonna find everything that was wrong with it but I'm sure it was great yeah I'm sure people love that perspective I was just super like hyped the whole time because yeah. I was like I you know so like I don't even I know I was just like so excited to be like a part of their podcast and everything and um, so yeah, at the end of it, like we were just joking. I like dropped my Venmo name, like not thinking anything of it. And like, I'm still getting Venmo. <laughs> there you go. Like, is I, passive, that's like, called passive income, baby. <laughs> yeah, literally. I mean, I donated most of the money. So I was like, I like, but I'm like now still getting all of it. I'm like, I do not need this like money. But uh, I mean, it was really nice to like see all these people like they're like, we loved your podcast and stuff. And I'm like, oh, really? Like, you liked me? <laughs> it's so cool to see that perspective. Like, it's not something that you get that often. I mean, the fact that you ran over and did a podcast right after. Yeah. I mean, it was fun to do. I'm like, I, I thought it was like really good experience because it got me like, I re-listened to it. And I was like, dang, I was like fresh off of this like race and everything. And I could, it's like nice to like re-listen to like my emotions that were happening like during the time. But yeah. at the same time, I definitely didn't process anything. I was just like so hype. So <laughs> yeah, no, that'll be so fun to look back on in like a couple of years. Just to... yeah, exactly. like relive the experience and everything. And it was a really fun time. Like Chris and Kyle are great. And like, I really loved the coverage that they were doing the whole trial. So yeah, yeah you guys are going to have to go listen to Dana's episode. I haven't listened to it yet, but now I'm definitely intrigued. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What is your Duncan order of choice? Oh, okay. Right now, it's a medium iced cold brew with a shot of blueberry and oat milk. But I also, butter pecan just came back, and it's, like, kind of a hit. So I'm, I'm a really good seasonal gal. Like, I always get the seasonal flavor. So I'm, like, been getting butter pecan a lot lately. Um, but, yeah, that's my order. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Duncan fan. I'm going to say, really? I actually, I would say not a Duncan fan at all. And I'm, but I'm, a, I'm a Starbucks fan, so oh, we can, no. yeah, we can oh. feud about it. But um, I, feel like I blame you. You are a West Coast gal, but yeah. So it's like I didn't grow yeah. up on Dunkin', and the only times I've had it, it's been like watery and not good. So, but I maybe I need to immerse myself more because I'm, yeah, yeah, I've completely written it off. Like I don't even consider it anymore. But you need to try again. You need to try again. West Coast Dunkin' is way different than East Coast Dunkin'. West Coast doesn't do it as well. I okay. swear. Okay, yeah. I literally am going to go to Dunkin' tomorrow and get this order just to, just to give it a taste test. <laughs> um, 
what okay what is your uh, this i think this is your roommate or this is someone said that they know you well ask what is your but they they said that they wouldn't like this question uh what is your coffee choice when duncan's is not an option oh oh my gosh actually i really like diner coffee uh like i think one of my favorite things in the world is going out to breakfast um and so like obviously running really interferes with that because we run in the morning and then like by the time like breakfast time like I'm like well I'm just gonna like make something at home but that my days off like I always go out to breakfast like I love going out to breakfast and getting like unlimited hot coffee at like a diner I don't know what is so special about it to me but it's just I feel like I'm like the main character you know like they're like oh would you like some more coffee like yes absolutely like I'll spend (laughs) a diner just sitting there drinking the hot coffee and it's always so good and strong and everything. So yeah, definitely diner coffee is like my second choice. But I mean, there are a lot of really great uh, coffee shops in Boston that I try to go to, you know, to support local business. Um, but and the, like, But the diner always just draws you back in. Yeah, the diner and dunks like just hit different sometimes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nice to feel like you're part of a movie. <laughs> yeah, it is. You want to feel like the main character. So you have to do what it takes and exactly. go into the diner. <laughs> And sitting there for hours is what it takes. So yeah. Um, okay, got multiple uh questions about ask her about the Shrek party. Oh, all right. So basically oh, you have to readjust <laughs> readjust your sitting position. It's, it's a story. So yeah, essentially I've been planning the Shrek party for like almost a year now. Okay. So um it's gonna be a Shrek slash birthday party. So it's like my birthday's August 31st. And uh, so this will be after obviously the Olympics. And um, it's going to be like a celebration for my birthday. But we also want it to be Shrek themed because, you know, like Shrek is the most amazing movie of all time. Okay. We're only going to be playing the Shrek uh, soundtrack. You can only come into the party if you're dressed like a character from Shrek. Um, And then we're going to have like mud wrestling and stuff in the backyard. And at the same time, like all the drinks are going to be Shrek themed. And at midnight, everyone turns into an ogre. Wow. We're just going to like start spraying green paint everywhere. It's going to be a whole thing. Um, You're obviously invited. (laughs) Wow, thank you. I was just just brainstorming. I was like, uh, should it be Lord Farquaad? Like what's... pick 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 what you would like I'm gonna be the fairy godmother I'm still looking for a prince charming for a son so if anybody wants to fill that position you can feel free to message me on Instagram um we're inviting a wide range of individuals to this party so like it's not going to be just track people like like I said growing up I was pretty much a drifter so don't worry this will be like a very on-brand party like you'll have a lot of uh, socializing with all different kinds of people. And I think it'll be great. <laughs> this is going to be the next Project X, but it's going to be yeah. Project Shrek. <laughs> yeah, Project Shrek. Oh my God, that should definitely be the name. <laughs> yeah, there you go. This, that's dangerous to advertise this to like everyone. Like, everyone's going to be showing up at my house and be like, oh gosh. <laughs> I heard about this from commas over Colbert. <laughs> yeah, the old lady next to store is going to be like, what the hell? <laughs> Okay, well, it's going to be lit. I'm going to show up for sure. I need to get my far quad costume. Yes. Um, what is, okay, this is the last question. <laughs> I've asked you a lot of questions. Um, what is your advice to your younger self? Oh, advice to my younger self. Oh, this is a hard question. Um, I would definitely say, uh, like, don't be afraid to ask questions and live in the moment more. Like, I think I went through a lot of my life 
not being present because I just had like a lot going on. Like I was always focused on the next thing. And, uh, like I think back on it now, I'm like, I don't need like my sisters or like my brothers will like tell me a story of something that happened like that. I don't remember. And I'm like, how could I not remember that? And I think it was just cause I was like constantly just like floating through life. And like now lately I've made it like a huge point to like kind of reflect in on my day and like the great things that happened during the day and like the things that I'm grateful for and um the things that I look forward to the next day and uh it's just something I didn't do as much as when I when I was younger so I feel like I didn't take it all in I mean I was like just had a lot going on and everything so yeah definitely like take in every moment and uh yeah don't be afraid to ask for help and everything yeah people are willing to help and you just gotta ask (laughs) yeah I think being present is so important. Like that's definitely something I dealt with too. Like I look back now, I was like, I was always just focused on what's next. Like high school was like, Oh, I can't wait for college. College was like, Oh, I can't wait for Mm post-college. Now I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what my five-year plan is, but. So nice to like, just like wake up and enjoy what you're doing like in a moment. (laughs) Definitely. Um, okay. Well, I loved this episode. I'm sure a lot of people did <laughs> they too. And they learned a lot about you. I did. And I'm I, like finally getting to talk to you. Cause I feel like I've like followed you and stuff for a while. And I've listened to some of your other podcasts and everything. And I was so excited when you asked. So yeah, yeah I love, I love this podcast because I get to meet everyone. And I like, it's not just like a, Hey, how are you? Like a passing by at a party or something. It's like an actual, like full yeah. in-depth conversation where I like actually get to know who the person is. Exactly. So. And now you're the Shrek party so yeah and I got invited to the Shrek party like life couldn't be any better today also side note um this is gonna be super random but you're from like a southern California right yeah so my dad uh he passed away a few years ago but most of the rest of my life he lived in Encinitas wait that's where I'm from you're from Encinitas I'm from like Carlsbad but like I'm I spent all my time in Encinitas okay I knew you were from around there but I didn't know exactly from where Moonlight Beach is like my favorite beach in the whole wide world (laughs) um yeah so my dad lived in Encinitas and I went to visit him one year like before he passed away for uh uh Thanksgiving and I did a turkey trot and uh it was like the Antonidas like turkey trot or whatever and it's the only race he actually ever saw me race because he was on the west coast so he like never got to see any of my races so it's the only race he ever went to um so it was really special to me obviously but you were in the race I'm pretty sure because I remember <laughs> seeing a girl who was blonde and uh you were wearing an Oregon shirt during the race like it's it's all I only remember this so vividly because it was such a special race to me um and I was like because I remember you know you, every time you go into like a, a local 5k or something like yeah, if you're, you like, run, around, you're like you one you're like sizing people up you're like ooh, can that like old guy beat me like what do you think his kick is like and I remember you were like the only other person there who like actually looked like you like could run <laughs> and uh uh, I don't, I, I, I'm almost positive. I like looked back like years later and was like, Oh my God. Yeah. She was in the race. And, uh, like, obviously I knew like about you, like the past few years. Cause like all my friends know who you are and I've followed your Instagram account and stuff. And I, yeah, I just thought that was like really cool. So I had that to tell you, so... it sounds a little creepy. <laughs> no, that's not creepy at all. It's just such a coincidence. And it also just proves, oh. I say this like all the time. I'm like running world is way too small. Like it everyone is. knows everyone. And then this just proves even more like you coming to Encinitas. <laughs> like yeah, what are so the odds, big. you know? 
gotten in Zenith. Like, I think I ran it in like the shirt that they gave me. So like the picture of me finishing, it was awful. Like my dad took it and, uh, I had like the shirt on, it was like, had, a, it was a white t-shirt with like the Turkey on it and it was too long for me. So it just like, looked like I was wearing no pants. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so random. I also don't know why I ran the turkey trot that year. Cause I don't think I ever, I never ran another turkey trot. I don't know what I was doing, but that is yeah. really just funny and ironic. So. What a coincidence, right? Yeah. So we've already crossed paths before, but I know. <laughs> now we're actually meeting face to face after our iconic turkey trot meetup that we didn't even know. know about. Yeah. I'm like, did you remember me there? You're like, no, <laughs> yeah, I barely even remember. I don't think I even raced. I think I just ran it for fun. I don't really remember. <laughs> like I said, like, Hey, same. I'm never present in the moment. I'm always looking ahead. So I don't, I yeah. forgot that I even ran one. Back then, so. Um, okay. Well, where can people follow you at if they don't already follow you? Oh, um, you can follow my Instagram, uh, Heather, or what's my Instagram? Heather under dash McLean 31. You can follow my Venmo Heather dash McLean. <laughs> or my Twitter. I have a Twitter. I'm sometimes funny on there. Like I'll tweet will just like come to me in the night and like I have to tweet it the next morning, but I yeah. usually tweet of the year. So I'm That's like Twitter vibes. Yeah. yeah. Like I always tell people my like Twitter is my 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. app. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm on Twitter from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. like cracking up because it's like counterculture to Instagram. So um yeah, I forgot what my Twitter name is, but you could just search my my name and I'm sure it'll pop up. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um yeah, so sweet. Well thank you so much for coming on. I like really appreciate it and I know I mean I got something out of this episode of nerd I'm sure everyone listening did too and we're all rooting for you in Tokyo. It'll be so fun to watch. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah I had a really time. Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, to close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. <laughs> thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Combos Over Cold Brew. I hope you enjoyed it. I love talking to Heather. Honestly, her story was really inspiring and it's definitely a unique one that you don't necessarily hear all the time. So, this was definitely one of the most motivating episodes I've recorded, so I hope you guys felt the same way. And we're all going to be rooting for Heather in the Olympics. That's so awesome. Make sure to follow at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes or submit listener questions. And don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you guys so much again for listening, and I'll hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.